0: It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about everything that is artificial intelligence and banking. We've got a couple of guests on that we're going to bring in in just a couple of minutes to talk about how artificial intelligence and cannabis might be influenced alongside banking and cannabis investing, cannabis lending. All of that just coming right up. First, kind of want to give you a real brief introduction in terms of what we can do with artificial intelligence as it pertains to banking, either personal development, or if you're out there trying to look for a loan, what is it that you can do? What's out there? How does it work? Let me give you a real brief intro before we bring in our guests. Check this out. Let's say you've got some data you want to analyze. Either you're a business and you want to analyze financials, or maybe you want to analyze your own Tax return and see how you could save more, reduce expenses, whatever. Just get some insights on that data. You can upload that here on Insight Genie, and it'll spit out some data. Nice things about these is you can just ask, start asking questions like it's your own assistant. You can also convert your spreadsheets to a CSV file and do the same thing using this Ewing app. Wing is a powerful application that helps you analyze and extract insights from your CSV files in just a few simple steps. Next, you ask a question about your data in plain English. All the processing happens locally on your own browser, your data stays safe and secure, never leaving your device. And voila, the results of your query are instantly displayed in a neat table format, and you can even generate charts from the rows, giving you valuable insights from your CSV data. All right, let's bring on our first guest. We'll dive into a little bit of more about that, chat with Jesse Redman. Jesse, how's it going? I'm good, Josh. How are you? Doing well. Jesse Redman, he's the head of cannabis at Water Tower Research. Water Tower Research is a leading equity research boutique providing in-depth analysis and market insight instu- in- into, uh, for institutional investors. Jesse, thanks again for being back on The Talking Hedge. Um, how are you personally using artificial intelligence, either like on your own time or for work? Yes, I haven't done too much on
1: my own time, um, but for work, I definitely see the potential value in it. And I look at it from two perspectives, Josh. One is that there's a tremendous amount of information that's coming at us. Let's say I cover the cannabis universe and there's, let's say, 50 interesting names whether it's news releases, earnings results, new store openings, new products—you know, there's all sorts of things coming out every day in, in terms of news. And some of those things are short enough and easier to easy to understand. You know, Verano releases a new series of live bras and products. I can read that paragraph pretty quickly, and I don't need AI to help me there. But sometimes there's longer news releases or stories where I would like a concise summary of it because I don't need to go super deep on it, but I want to understand the bottom line. So I see utility in summarizing things to make to be able to absorb more content more quickly. So that's one area that I've tried to find value. And the other thing, Josh, is that my main job at Water Tower Research is writing research. We do the audiovisual stuff. We have a podcast. I like Twitter Spaces. We do the fireside chats over Zoom. But a lot of what we do is writing. And so I'll write on the quarters. I'll write about new stores. I'll write. I did a piece about you know the California cannabis markets. And I also write a piece weekly called The Highlights, which is summarizing news for the week. And so specifically for that piece called The Highlights, I've been hoping to find some value because what I do there is I cover the top five or six news stories in the cannabis space. And it's a lot of work to read three or four articles on a topic and then do that summary for yourself, especially during earnings seasons where, where we are right now. I just spent my last weekend you know, doing six hours of summaries of the big earnings reports from last week. And so I tried looking at it from those two perspectives, summarizing longer articles and writing content. And I did that using ChatGPT and also the Distiller app.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a good point because there's a lot of information out there. I went down some um, rabbit hole on some patent that I didn't really understand. So I threw it into Google's Bard. I've been noticing that um, ChatGPT is having some issues, it, it no longer can read URLs anymore. Um, or at least the free version can't. So BARD, I'm, I'm having um, to have to insert that, but um, it is useful to summarize that stuff. Um, let's take a look at maybe a couple other options in terms of people want to grab either news stories or if it's cannabis related, investment related, and just get kind of a, a summarized news feed story and what that might look like. Let's check this out. We're all busy, so trying to find the right news can be kind of difficult. Here's an aggregation site called current.report bringing in all kinds of different news, depending on what you want, politics, finance, business, pop culture, sports, whatever, and gives you this nice little feed. You can also get articles sent to your inbox with spinreactor.ai. They're based on ChatGPT and an aggregate source as well. So this is um, supposed to be free from bias and prejudice or editorialization to give you just the facts. Um, also to your inbox, just like Google Alerts, there's other you know news briefs that you can be alerted to, like Bullet Points that say you you don't want to miss out on the news on on XRP not being ruled a security and uh, some chatter that it might be included in the central bank digital coins. You can just click for whatever news you want to be alerted to uh, in the past day, past week, whatever. And then you can see all of the articles written by AI based on that particular subject matter. If you haven't checked out the Chrome extensions, there are a lot of them. I use AI PRM for ChatGPT. This is all for Chrome extensions. Phantom is another Chrome extension. This can also write articles for you based on a URL or YouTube video those a little bit more savvy, there's API connections. And with that, you can get a whole bunch of options as well. AI as a service, aggregate news, financial analysis, a lot of options out there to make your life a lot easier, a lot of data to summarize it, give you exactly what you need when you need it, uh, and then be able to make some content with that. So to, to what your, your point, Jesse, what you're talking about is writing stuff. I've seen Individuals use ChatGPT to create the content that they're writing, then they use something like MidJourney to create images, and then they'll use an AI voice like um, 11.io to create an AI voice, and then you have your storyline. So you have your imagery, your voice, uh, the content, everything just artificially intelligence created um, to kind of create content and then then get that as well. Um, And I do the same thing for some of my shorts. Uh, Without AI, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't on my podcast. I wouldn't do short videos. And so I'll take a news clip. I'll cut it down to 60 seconds and then ask for um, a title, ask for a description, ask for um, social media, for Twitter, including hashtags. And all of that is done on ChatGPT um, through that extension that I mentioned. And they that extension has um, what's called a prompt chain. So just like VBA or macros, and you can stack those one on top of another to automate your your Excel spreadsheet, a prompt chain um, in ChatGPT can create multiple prompts so you don't have to keep saying, "Oh, now do this, now do this, now do." This. It's not like, it's not uh, tedious, but um, or maybe it is tedious, but not time-consuming. <laughs> and
1: do, one of the challenges I've found, Josh, is that if I feed in a news story and I'll say, "Summarize this," as a common mm-hmm. command. And this often the times the result I get back feels a bit robotic or like a first year intern wrote it. And so if I just gave it to somebody for a summary kind of real high level, I feel like it would have utility. But the challenge I've found in really finding value in these solutions is that I feel like people are looking for a bit of a qualitative assessment of what's really important in the article or what's really important in this quarter and it doesn't seem like from what i can tell that chat gpt in particular nails that it summarizes what it has available but as you know josh in these quarters sometimes companies will intentionally highlight things that benefit them and leave off the fact that they you know deferred 50 million in income taxes payable for example and so i've had a i i've I've messed around with ChatGPT for summaries, but I haven't found for something I want to share with my audience that the quality is there. And I feel like maybe it could be a starting point for something that you go in and heavily edit. But I just just feel like so far, it's been a little bit too robotic feeling for me. Is that something you've encountered
0: or do you have any tips for overcoming that? I do, I have encountered that. And I do have a tip before we bring Danielle on. um, The tip is to use um, a prompt enhancer. So okay. go to uh, there's an AI for that dot com, and type in prompt enhancer, and you'll get a lot of ways to say hey summarize this, and it'll it'll give you a lot more verbose responses for the tone, the professionalism, the description, and really give you all of the missing things that you you don't have from summarize this. Okay. Yeah. Let's bring on Danielle Harden. Danielle, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Josh? Doing good. So Danielle Hardin, Chief Operating Officer at Paybotic Financial. Paybotic Financial is a digital financial solutions provider specifically designed for cannabis related businesses and their customers delivering embedded financial solutions to increase value, reduce costs and streamline transaction processing. Danielle, thanks for being with us on the Talking Hedge.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. So we are talking all about banking ai and how it pertains to the cannabis industry specifically are you using chat gpt ai or or anything like that personally not yet
2: um my kids so i have teenagers and so my kids they 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 kind of introduce me and keep me young with all of these things and uh i know my kids they they're this is how savvy you know teenagers are they're born into this world of tech you know they uh they create tech you know people they can text using you know ai and then they laugh because they get these you know, specific answers based off of this character that they create. And so I have kids who are into anime and into sports, and they, they think it's very funny to create, you know, these AI versions of, you know, something, right, and then get answers from it based off of that. And I think it's just very interesting to see how, like I said, these teenagers and these kids from this generation, they are born into a time where they know how to code, and they know all these things, and they know this very kind of progressive and forward-thinking uh, way of using technology every day. And I, I kind of steal some of that <laughs> for for banking and for for risk and compliance and for for thinking about how do we do these things in a really purposeful, mindful, lean way. And I think that's the greatest thing about AI and what it can do for the, you know, not just for banking in general, which you know in my past I've seen, but for cannabis specifically, um, where we see a lot more of the you know regulatory scrutiny and you know you know legal oversight over it. Um, how, how do we use AI? How do we use machine learning and bots to kind of meet that need? I think that's going to be really interesting.
0: I think from an investment standpoint, I know Jesse's got kids and he's probably looking at his kids' fashion as an investment strategy <laughs> or whatever else because there's things <laughs> that they have and have access to um, that Yeah, people don't. So uh, definitely an avenue to to be looking at and I think they're probably still using it for, for schooling. I know I would be, uh-huh. Yeah. If nothing else, ideation, right, kind of create a summary or an outline and then I'll fill in the blanks. There's there's yeah. a lot of, of tools for that, no doubt. Absolutely, Yeah.
2: And we, we see that in banking, right? So we know that AI really would be great in things that are kind of a black and white way of thinking. So if you think about for a compliance manager or for, you know, an attorney in house counsel, right? What is the, what is the law? How easy would it be for an AI to help, you know, a business owner answer those questions? What I think was very interesting was Jesse mentioned something earlier about kind of that qualitative piece missing. And um, that's where you still need, I think kind of some of that human intervention to round out with experience and the texture of risk, because you have technical requirements do this don't do that but the the experience and the you know some of that that texture of well this is the risk appetite and this is what I've seen and this is how some regulators like things and some don't you know I don't know that AI can answer that question yet but once it does I mean that's that's going to be very exciting
0: yeah I'm curious what you guys think will be the first adoption um in in the banking world I think from from Jesse's standpoint of getting information is key because in Washington state last 10 years people are running around with like chickens with their head cut off waiting for you know THC percentages at 10 percent, waiting for colors that are attractive to children shapes that are attractive to children and running around going oh no what are we going to have to do if this happens well if you have a summarized Article or summarized law that can you know hit your 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 phone so that you don't have to waste your time on um, laws that aren't going to to impact your business. That's one thing. Um, I also think that risk management is probably, in my opinion, going to be the first implementation because if you can upload your tax returns, your wages, and your your expenses, AI should be able to look at those numbers oh, and yeah. tell you where where that risk is at. So I'm assuming that. Um, or I'm gonna take a take an educated guess that that lending is gonna be the first adoption uh, for that risk management as they're looking to lend to the cannabis space or even open up a checking account. Yeah. Opinions?
2: Absolutely. So if you think about how each state kind of has their own their own governance and their own laws around cannabis medical or recreational, you know, in some places you could probably get down to the borough, especially when we start talking about lending, right? Um, and and usury laws, especially when we're talking about commercial businesses. And so imagine the implication of AI being able to aggregate, well, if if you're doing something in this state, in this borough, and it's this product, and the end user is a, a commercial business versus a consumer, how easy it would be to make really targeted strategic marketing decisions and investment decisions in the cannabis business in a very mindful way, right? Because if you think about it, a lot of these businesses run very lean. You know, so they they have to be very purposeful with how they invest and how they move and the decisions they make. And an informed decision is always going to be the best decision. Right. Um, So, I, I mean, risk management really is helping you make those informed decisions and maybe to 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 be specific to what your risk tolerance is. If you have a very low risk tolerance, then and you have all of this information and, you know, it says this is the best option. That's that's amazing. That's really amazing.
0: Yeah, I run a hedge fund that uses all AI and ML and we're developing a financial plan that takes in all of this financial information and yeah. then spits out that financial plan specifically for them, including asset um, allocation and what their specific risk tolerances are. And it's going to be pretty yeah. awesome. I'm excited about it. Um, yeah. Jesse, where do you see in the cannabis space? AI implementing. um uh, uh, How is cannabis going to implement AI in banking? I don't have that answer for you, Josh. Um, I
1: think we're just so early in this process that I think people are toying around with where the value might lie. I have some concerns about its use in banking broadly. And the reason is, is that my, before I got into the cannabis industry, what I did for most of my career was evaluate hedge fund strategies. Specifically, I built portfolios of quantitative strategies. And the biggest accidents in finance have come from an over-reliance on quantitative tools and large amounts of leverage. So people that are old, like me, we can think back to long-term capital management back in the day. And they had early, awesome quantitative tools, but they, they were super reliant, super super. Uh, confident in them and they applied several turns of leverage to take something that was a two percent return up to a thirty percent return by leveraging it 15 times and that's all fantastic until it work because it works until it doesn't it's kind of like picking up nickels in front of a bulldozer and I we saw this again what was it in 2008 with the great financial crisis and the lending that was going on there and the models that they were using they thought, Yeah, the computer program says that these are all safe and didn't realize everyone had the same exposure to the same things. And when one piece crumbled, the whole system came down. We've seen that over and over again. So I do have some some concern with over-reliance on robots and algorithms because not only will an individual run into problems, but we tend to systemically end up doing the same things. So the same smart people build the same algorithms and end up with similar results and preferences. And a lot of times those things make sense and I agree with them. But from a risk management perspective, if everyone is doing the same things and there's some flaw in that tool that you're using, that's where you can end up with the catastrophic systemic risks. So I'm a total fan. Like I said, I was analyzing quantitative strategies back in 2003. So I've been, you know, there wasn't AI back then, but there were algorithms and programs that were analyzing large amounts of data and making decisions off of them. And so i love these tools and i've seen the benefits that they can have but i am a huge fan of overlaying that with some sort of qualitative risk management say okay here's the best quantitative tool i have let this comb through the data but don't let it do everything for you. Have someone be checking in on this to say, does this make sense? Is there some potential we're all doing the same thing? And is there some potential that we're missing something along the way? Because I've just seen so many accidents happen, like I said, with LTCM and in 2008, and probably a bunch that I'm not thinking of right now. And yeah. I think that it's possible that with with AI, that we could all end up with us doing the same thing, with the same preferences in our model, that there's a flaw or things unwind. I think there could be some, some enhanced systemic risk from it. Yeah.
0: yeah. That long-term, um, uh, capital management, um, uh, company, that, that was a good example. There's also flash crashes, uh, that mm-hmm. people had seen those in the stock market, but it just drops for no reason because all the algos have the same opinion that they're in the same mood at the same time. <laughs>
2: yep. Well, they're all programmed, right? As Jesse was saying, if, everyone in one industry is going, oh, this is the hot thing, then all of the, the algorithms, all of the AI is programmed by someone, and someone, groups of someone who are all thinking, we wanna go in that same direction. And if we're all using that same model and that same thinking, well, let's all program the same way. And then we're all going to experience kind of that exact same 08 <laughs> type of thing where you know we're, we're all experiencing a crash or we're all, because we're all using some of that very same logic. That is the interesting thing about AI is that it's it's still something that humans are programming, right? And they are still using the things that we know and that we experience in the world to come up with those programs. And the appetite for the industry, if the industry says, we want to do subprime lending, how do we make that happen? Well, then everyone goes out and starts building these these models and these algorithms for how to do that. And so, Jesse, I, I agree. I, I that is absolutely one of the things we should always be very careful about. Um, as we we think about the implication for AI and for any of these things for for banking, especially for cannabis banking, where we have these kind of vulnerable underbanked populations of small businesses who need banking, um, they're already coming from a disadvantage, right? So you don't want to you don't want to further that disadvantage with with something that you think is helpful. but then, in the end, you know kind of has a negative impact, which I think if any of us who are bankers or, you know, we, we learned from 08 that you may be intending to do something really, you know, maybe really helpful for a population, but you know, it, it doesn't always end up turning out that way. So we should, we should definitely take that lesson with us as we move forward.
0: Yeah. Let, let me uh, jump on the back of that and ask you from, from a end user perspective, do you think that these tools will be picked up? Um, I think that's a loaded question because my answer is hell no. Um, <laughs> I was in banking for a long time and, and I feel i it's a, it's a really, really a long uphill battle with people and, and Americans and their finances. And and they're just really not interested in being financially aware, fiscally sound. It's like they just don't care. They want socialism. They want somebody else to take care of their their bank account, it seems like. And it's really depressing to me. Having been in the industry, I had to get out because um, I just I got in to help people and they didn't want to help themselves. I'm curious if this technology will change that to the point where people will use this technology to enhance their own abilities, capabilities, efficiencies, awareness, anything uh, to upload their own data and have some kind of AI management tool tell them how to be financially responsible? Is this nonsense or, or a probability?
2: I think you're always going to see some consumers or some end users who are going to have that intellectual curiosity, right, to run after those types of things to say, how do I self-serve? How do I, how do I self-educate with these new tools? But you, you're always going to have those individuals who are anchored to the way that they've always done things. And I think we see that there is that statistic out there that people would rather maybe get divorced than to change their banking. And a lot of that really is about people being very anchored to the you know what's the expectation of how it's always been so you're probably going to have early adopters you're going to probably have a lot of people who go oh this is you know something that can take me further or i can learn but i i, I don't know it's kind of 50 50. i i i just don't know i i know my father-in-law he's in his 70s we've tried to engage him some more and and using you know the chat bots when you log into certain things and it asks you about yourself and he's you know he's like i don't trust that <laughs> no, yeah. And so you're you're absolutely going to see some of that generationally and some people who really miss that human interaction and want to be sure of who's on the other side of, of that advice.
0: Yeah, I don't even know if it's generational. There's a lot of people in the cannabis industry who are like, hell no, I don't trust AI at all. And <laughs> posting this across multiple groups last week really kind of opened my eyes to the fact that. A, they don't know that it's here and it's not going away. Um, But, you know, yeah, they still have a lot of reservations, as I did, you know, but um, knowing that it's not going anywhere, you might as well use it.
2: Or that we've actually already been experiencing it, right? So anything that's a predictive model that says, oh, we're learning about you, your Twitter feed, any of those things that learn your behaviors, those are versions of this exact same thing that's coming. So I I think a lot of People don't realize hey it's here we've already been doing it maybe it at a you know at a lower scale or not as I, I, I don't know maybe it's not as popular to say this is AI and now people are kind of you know, latching on to it but it it is coming and people have already been using it in some manner.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think I think adoption increases too when it becomes more user friendly. Like I like tech, you know, kind of as a bit of a hobby. And um, you know, I'm young, you know, super old, but I'm also young enough that I grew up, you know, with some familiarity with familiarity with technology. Where I I feel like if I were ten years older, this would be even a lot harder for me. You know, like (laughs) talking about kids, you know, mine are you know thirteen and fifteen, and they're so fluent in this stuff. So I think with their generation, they're going to grow up with this being normal. But even for someone like me that's trying to learn new things. When I go to Chat GPT, you have to know the commands to use to really get some value out of it. And uh, you know, I just learned recently. It's going to sound stupid, but I don't mind that you can do, you can say summarize this and then you can say make it shorter or make it more professional or add bullet points. And those are all nice tricks to kind of refine it to get to, to get what you want, but there's nothing out, there's no button you can click to make that happen. You have to know that these commands exist. I get some of those just from looking at the Twitter threads. I don't know if there's, there was, for a while, there's a million Twitter threads about ChatGPT and different commands you could use. And I found some so, some some tips from there. One stupid one that I used that really helped on social media was I wrote this report about Meribed. It wasn't really long. It was a couple of pages, and I used the summary. Make it rhyme, and it took what I wrote and it made it rhyme like a like a poem. And that version got three times the engagement on social media that of the one that I worked so hard on to make sound professional. And so, yeah, I don't know what that says about us, but, but people, yeah, I guess people like uh, you know new, n- n- new, funny yeah. things. But uh, I say that all in the spirit of that. I think when the tools, as Danielle was saying, when you don't know you're using them, or when it's a button click rather than pu- putting in a, a prompt yeah. that people don't know, that's what I think you'll start to see you know, more yes. adoption. I think at this point, you still have to be pr- pretty tech savvy. Tech savvy and like to look at the more innovative stuff in order to get involved in these sort of things. Okay. And the other thing on that distiller app was I didn't see that as being any better than ChatGPT and it limits you to one free story a day. And so I understand there's gotta be a business model around uh, around these different you know, websites, but that one in particular, I think at this point is kind of a miss because it seems like ChatGPT can do everything it does, but um, it doesn't have the same limitations.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Let's take a look before I ask you guys about your crystal ball predictions and where you think that um, the future of AI and banking will go or any kind of AI and cannabis crystal ball predictions. Let's take a look at a couple more tools people can use for personal finance. Let's be honest. Most people suck with their personal finances. So finna.xyz gets personal insights from some of your information with a custom financial tracking tool, this what if scenario gives you planning for your daily financial life. On more of the business side, there's an AI powered bookkeeping and finance for startups called TrueWind, And they're using AI to help lessen errors, give more transparency, make faster decisions. That includes um, fundraising too for some startups. So they have financial models, scenario analysis, scalability, all these little tools Sometimes you just need a financial assistant, so uploading some of your data or business URL information and then asking AI uh, information or questions about that uh, could be useful to some to have that financial assistant. Another AI co-pilot for financial data is uh, avans.ai. This is going to accelerate data analysis. This is helpful to, to quickly visualize data, kind of give you generated AI code. Um, a lot of that analysis, but put in plain English is gonna help, especially the the visualization of it. Having your own dashboard is nice. Wallet.ai is an artificial intelligence for daily financial decisions. Have a dashboard uh, and inform you about your own financial behavior, kind of um, holding you accountable, if you will. A lot of opportunities out there, a lot of tools, a lot of things, whether people will use them or not, who knows? We'll have to wait and find out. But where um, do you think the future of AI and cannabis is going to be? I'm seeing a lot of banks closing. Bank of America is closing a lot of physical locations in the Seattle area, a lot. And I don't know if that's in anticipation of a CBDC, if there's a central bank digital currency. They don't need to exchange money. And so you can have a smaller credit union style location where you're in a grocery store in, in a much smaller um footprint. So I, I don't know if AI is going to accelerate that kind of um, chat bot style um, ATM automation uh, and, and, and getting rid of, of humans and, and physical locations. But I am seeing that trend already. I don't know why or, or what's going to happen. But I do see AI coming into um, risk management, lending, um, you already get those alerts right and a lot of those are just code it's not ai but when you put that kind of machine learning onto it then it's going to learn oh we don't have to keep telling josh every time you go to canada hey is this you like it's so annoying when i go to vegas for an uh, an event it's start machine learning is starting to figure that out uh, and not pinging me every single time and um making me ask you know if i can use my allowance (laughs) is what it seems like uh (laughs) So do you guys have any perspective on, on like the future of cannabis? Like what does your crystal ball say?
2: I think digital banking is is exactly, I mean it's here. And I think that it's as a as a type of these fintechs kind of come out and try to meet the need of, of cannabis businesses. They are going to be disrupting what we know as classical banking, right? We're going to meet the need of the cannabis business wherever it is. We're going to attempt to be as agile and as as quick as you know our our customers need us to be to help them bank, right? They are underbanked. They are a vulnerable population, if you think about it. Um, and to be able to respond to that, to that quickness, right? For for each state and for each state's laws and each state's you know appetite for risk and you know if it's medicinal or if it's recreational, I, I absolutely think that we're going to see more AI helping us to do that in a way that's um, respective of how cannabis businesses work. I mean, they they do not have the ability to work like regular small or, or large businesses, and we have to be able to respond to that. And one of the ways we're going to do it is with AI. Mm-hmm.
0: Jesse, you got anything?
1: Yeah, so I think that one of the challenges, so first of all, the cannabis industry is super hard, right? And especially it's hard on the lending side. A lot of people need Buddy because we don't have safe banking. There's a limited amount of lenders out there. And what you see is the strong get stronger. The people that don't need the money have plenty of access to money. But the smaller businesses that really need the money, they have a harder time getting those loans. And sometimes the amounts aren't super meaningful. And so they, don't, they can't really go to the big players and the small players don't want to deal with cannabis. So they get stuck in the middle. And so I've seen a couple of uh, venture funds uh, talking about launching some sort of AI or quantitative based banking system that will do something like, let's say I have a single dispensary in New Jersey, I need half a million dollars, maybe I only need it for a couple of years, I don't want to do an equity deal, it's not worth Chicago Atlantic or IIPR stepping into something like this. They're building a system where you could get loans for even tens of thousands of dollars And that may not make sense for an individual to look over all those applications, but if you build the quantitative tools and the AI properly, then somebody can go on and say, okay, I need $50,000, I need 100, I need $200,000. I'm willing to pay, you know, reasonably high interest rates like we see in the cannabis industry you know 15 20 25 percent depending on what it is and they can turn that around you know in 24 hours or instantly versus having to go through a long more complicated lending process where somebody might not even be willing to look at it so I think it has the potential to enhance liquidity in the cannabis industry which is a huge thing you know there sometimes are people that are willing to put the money out there but they don't want to do all the work associated with some of these smaller projects and so I could see it you know benefiting the cannabis industry that way especially for some of the smaller players that could you really use some help right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: It's being able to go out and find, right? I need this thing. How can I use AI to go out and find someone who wants to meet that need? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, and we, and we actually, I mean, we see that on the banking side, right? With, with underwriting, with automated underwriting that then says, okay, this is the risk profile for this person. This is what we can offer to them right so i think you're going to see it from the the business or the consumer saying this is what i need and then you're going to see it from the you know the bank or the financial institutions going this is what i can give you based off of you know what you're telling me about yourself and if you think about how fast right that can go and how quickly you can meet that need that's i, mean, I think that's groundbreaking for cannabis
0: if you guys want if anybody wants to learn a little bit more about what you guys are doing or get in touch with you danielle the Chief Operating Officer at PayBotic. How can they get a hold of you? Where are you at?
2: I'm on LinkedIn. Yep, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can definitely go to payboticfinancial.com. Um, you can find a little bit more about myself, about the company, about PayBotic, which is our anchor brand, uh, where we do you know, offer payment processing, insurance, and accounting services, all for cannabis businesses. So you can find me in those two places.
0: And then Jesse Redmond, Head of Cannabis at Water Tower Research. Where are you at? Yeah. So you can find my
1: socials. I'm at Jesse Redmond on Twitter. I'm Jesse Redmond on LinkedIn. And if you want to read our cannabis research, it is free and available to all investors. You can go to watertowerresearch.com and click on the cannabis sector.
0: Amazing. Well, I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Or don't. And I'm out. (laughs) Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got.